Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chad Willardson. He is a financial advisor and author at Pacific Capital. Uh, he is the author of a new book called Smart Not Spoiled, The Seven Money Skills Kids Must Master Before Leaving the Nest. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Chad. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate you. Uh, for people who haven't heard about you before, just give them a brief history of how you got to where you are today. Sure. So uh, I, I did an economics degree in college and went directly to Merrill Lynch to work in the wealth management division. Spent nine years there and then left Merrill Lynch and started Pacific Capital, a fiduciary financial advisory firm for eight and nine figure entrepreneurs. And since then, we've grown our practice and our business to serve clients all over the world. And uh, I'm happy to say that I've written two best-selling books and I'm I'm uh, in in editing on my third book coming out this fall. So let's talk about the whole situation with financial literacy for kids. Why is that something of such interest to you that you wanted to do a book about it? Yeah, thanks thanks for that great question. I you know I, I as a parent of five kids, I just it's it's very apparent to me that they learn a lot of interesting things in school, but unfortunately, personal finance is not one of them. And so it's it's been a passion of mine, both personally as a parent and then also as a financial expert to really get the word out on how we can start having better conversations at home with our kids and our grandkids and really make money a more comfortable topic at the dinner table, if you will. Now, one of the things you've started recently is called Gravy Stack. Tell me what Gravy Stack is all about. Yeah, so I'm very excited. Once I started writing Smart Not Spoiled, the word kind of got out to a few other people who were excited about this this area of financial literacy. And one of the people that became very interested was Scott Donnell, a tech entrepreneur who had taken a company public and, and was very, very active in tech startups, especially around kids. And we we got together and decided to uh, to do something big. And so we, we started Gravy Stack and Gravy Stack is it's a gaming app that is based on financial literacy skills. And so it comes with a debit card, um, a company. There are a lot of companies out there, big ones even, that offer just a debit card for kids. And really, that's that's the extent of their services. They might automate allowance for kids, but they offer a debit card. Our mission is really much bigger than that. We're looking to be more than just a debit card for kids. We want it to be an engaging experience where kids are learning about money. They're learning how to make money, to how to save money, invest money, make good decisions, everything related to personal finance. And so the way kids learn is being engaged through gaming. I mean, that's what these kids are used to these days. So we wanted to meet the kids where they are and create an, an app and an experience with games and levels and missions that's all focused on personal financial literacy. So just give us an example of gamification as it applies to some of the principles of teaching about personal finance that you have in Gravy Stack. Yeah, so it, so we have, we're starting with 10 levels, if you will, and some of these levels are really just foundational skills and topics like budgeting or saving or earning money or investing, and each, each level has a number of missions. Right now we have 10 missions per level. 
Uh, one of the missions might be something outside of the app where they're doing something like getting involved in discussing the budget and looking at diff comparing comparing prices of household grocery items and then entering those items and what they learned into the app and passing that mission to get to the next mission in that level. There are some that are very simple and basic and fun, like where younger kids are almost playing a price is right type of game where they're picking the, the price of different items that you might buy and comparing the costs. And, uh, you know, it's like a quick swipe game in the app. Um, and some of them are a little more detailed. It's like, watch this short instructional video about investing for college. And you can share what you learned. And there's a few questions and things like that to get to the next level. But all the while, it's, it's, it's a, it doesn't look like a typical banking app. You know, they've got avatars and there's different worlds to explore. And each world is a different topic of personal finance. And what's cool is we're going to have some people from very different fields like for example, real estate investing, we'll have a mission, we'll have levels on real estate investing. And if, if a kid's interested in, in the financial aspects of real estate investing, they can add on those different levels and actually earn money while in the app. So that's something that we're very excited about. It sounds like it's in the metaverse. Is it in the metaverse? It's, it's very similar. Yeah, it's very similar. It's not in the metaverse as it stands now, but it, it is definitely is a, kind of a a unique world situation what these kids are really used to. They've got avatars they can choose from. They can upgrade different skins and features based on their earnings. They have rankings. So there's there's a lot of fun stuff that the kids are already. We have a we have a huge focus group of teenagers who've been testing in the app for about six months. And so our launch is coming up next week for the first 1,000, kind of a beta launch for 1,000 teenagers. And then we'll we'll be opening it up later this summer to uh, to the public. So do people go to the, the game uh, part of Apple, or how, how would they download it if they're interested in Gravy Stack? Yeah, so right now it's a, it's a VIP waiting list on gravystack.com. And, and soon, once we get those 1,000 kids beta testing and teenagers in the app, it will be open to the public. And yes, it'll be on the, it'll be on the Apple Store, the App Store. So Gravy Stack is the name of the app. And you also inc include parents and families, not just the individual teenagers. Explain Absolutely. how that. Yeah. So what what we have is we believe it takes more than just one person to help support children and teenagers in this financial literacy journey. And so we've created an inner circle, and the parents and kids can basically build their inner circle. If they want to put grandma in their inner circle, if they want to put an aunt or an uncle, or a trusted neighbor, family friend. They can have an inner circle of support and, and the people in the inner circle really are encouraging them to keep going in this journey through financial literacy. And they can also even contribute, you know, they can match savings. So let's say Johnny's saving up for his first car and, and he wants to buy a used car when he's 17 years old. Maybe, maybe grandma says, I'm going to match every dollar that, that Johnny saves towards that car. Or it's like, hey, I'm, I, there's there's a financial literacy article or a TED talk that I think would be valuable for little Johnny to to watch and send some answers in. And they can create a custom mission. Or you can have a neighbor who says, you know what, I'm look, I know that Johnny's trying to earn money for these worthy goals. So I'm gonna set up a little a gig, a job, essentially. And I'm gonna say if if he can come over and 
sweep and mop my garage, I'm going to pay him $20 and he can actually add that in the app. So there are many ways that the inner circle can support these young kids and teens in becoming more financially ready for their future. So you're saying they can get real money as well as kind of virtual money by doing things in the app? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's one of the main things that my own kids are very excited about. So explain how that works. How do you get real money by doing things in the app? Yeah, so our, our goal is to disrupt the just the notion that kids get allowance just for existing, you know, just for breathing and, and being alive. Then every Saturday they get they get money from mom and dad. And we don't really think that teaches them how to be financially literate. And so what we're asking for is for parents and the inner circle members to instead use money as incentives, but engage these kids on a more effort-focused and results-focused program instead of just giving allowance. So initially, parents or inner circle members can essentially put money into an account that's set aside for their child or teenager, and the, they can set the price of any of the, any of the work tasks or gigs or missions that that they see in the app and they can basically set the price so you could really say let's say you you want to have the lawn mowed and cared for and you can really set that up to say well this is a weekly task and i'm going to pay ten dollars a week and your kids can go in there and basically instead of saying mom and dad can i have money i'm going to the movies with a friend you say you know what you've got plenty of money available but you've got to go do and do the work so really we're trying to make a way for kids to actually go out there and take initiative and learn about money and get paid for it instead of instead of just having that automatic allowance come in or having no structure at all between mom and dad and the kids. How would this interact with uh, financial education kids may be getting in uh, middle and high school? Yeah, to be honest, my five kids, uh, th there's very little financial education, at least in the school system that we're in. I don't think it's I don't think it's taught to the extent that prepares these kids for their future. And and you can see that by the statistics in student debt and bankruptcies and credit card borrowing for 18 and 19 year old kids who just graduate high school and are bombarded with with financial you know decisions that they're just not ready for. So if anything, it would complement the minimal financial training they're getting at that age in the school systems, but it's really going to strengthen what they've already learned. And that, that's some of the stuff that I cover in, in the book, Smart Not Spoiled. But we're really looking to change the way money's talked about and approach for kids and teenagers. Um, I've been doing these things outside of the app with my own kids, and it's completely changed the way they look at you know, their own activities. If my kids go to a birthday party, they're going to be paying for their their friends' birthday gifts, and they know they have to go out and figure out a way to earn money to do that. It's not just, hey, Dad, can I have some money? I've got a birthday party, and I need a present. So reframing how kids approach money decisions we found to be extremely effective. So you're saying people should not be, uh, depending on the schools, to teach kids about money. They have to do it themselves. In many cases, parents don't feel particularly comfortable teaching personal finance because they don't feel they know too much about it themselves. You're 100% correct, and that's the whole reason we created this. So you're saying even parents without much financial knowledge could learn and and, and be involved with Gravy Stack and helping teach their kids es about these things? Especially parents without financial knowledge, yes. Th this app is, is like the parenting partner to help your kids get ahead 
get that education that you and I never got when we were young kids. And that's exactly what it's for. You don't need to know any financial expertise to have your kids sign up. And it's going to be just around $5 a month for an entire family. So, I mean, for the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you're giving your kids opportunities that they never would have had otherwise to really become financially prepared for their adulthood. Very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Chad Willardson. He is a financial advisor. Uh, he runs Pacific Capital, which is a money management company. He's put out a new book called Smart Not Spoiled, The Seven Money Skills Kit Kids Must Master Before Leaving the Nest. Uh, and he's come out with a new app called Gravy Stack, which you can get in the App Store. We'll be back after this. All around the world, tech companies are innovating and driving returns for investors. Our crowd analyzes companies across the global private market, selecting those with the greatest growth potential, then bringing them to you. From personalized medicine to robotics to cybersecurity, where companies spend $150 billion each year, our crowd is identifying investors and innovators so you can invest where growth potential is greatest early. Our crowd is the fastest growing venture capital investment community. Our crowd's accredited investors have already used the platform to invest over $1 billion in growing tech companies. 21 of the portfolio companies are unicorns. And many of our crowd's members have benefited from over 50 IPOs and sale exits of portfolio companies. Now you can invest in Sotero, which has developed a patented new approach to data protection that eliminates the gaps of traditional methods securing any data asset, whether it's online, on-premise, or in the cloud. Sotero is trusted by the world's largest pharmaceutical companies. Explore Sotero's potential at OURCROW.com slash answers. You can join our crowd for free at OURCROW.com slash answers. Join the fastest-growing venture capital investment community at rcrowd.com slash answers. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now. I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so, but I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. 
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chad Willardson. He is the financial advisor founder at Pacific Capital. He's also the author of a new book called Smart Not Spoiled, the seven money skills kids must master before leaving the nest. The nest. You can find out more at his website, PacificCapital.com. Welcome back to the show, Chad. Thank you. Good to be back. So let's get start right in. Uh, chapter one is invest early and often. So just tell us briefly what you want to teach kids about investing early and often. I can go back to a conversation I had with my 14-year-old son at the time. He's 15 now. And I, I just made the comment that there's something called compound interest that I think if he understood, he would be very excited about. And I talked about if you were able to put away $100 or $200 and invest it every month from now until age 60, and I had him guess how much money he would have at the end of that on average stock market returns, right? And his guess was a couple hundred thousand dollars. And I said, how about over $1 million? And his eyes lit up. And really, it was the first time he he kind of grasped that concept of long-term investing and compounding. And so I think if we can teach young people that investing is essentially, as Warren Buffett says, laying out money now to get much more money back in the future, then they will have a different mindset towards investing and saving versus just consuming with every paycheck that they earn. So to me, I would love to get children and teenagers and almost teenagers to understand the power of growth and compounding because the money that they can set aside and invest in their younger years is going to be so much more valuable than the money they try to set aside and invest in their 50s and 60s. It's just that you can't speed up the process of of planting seeds and growing a, a large tree. And it's it's that same approach with money management and investing. So we've been in a pretty strong bull market for a long time in stocks. Uh, not lately, though. The last two months or so, the market in general has been down a lot. Does that tend to discourage people from getting started investing if they see people losing money all around them? It could. It could. But I, I actually think it's a great teaching moment. And this is something that I've shown with my kids is actually looking at their investment accounts and talking about what happens when investment markets go down, what happens when recessions pop up, because inevitably there will be recessions and there will be downturns. On average, once a year, the highest point to the lowest point of the year is about a 14 to 15% decline. So if we don't teach them to expect this, then it may discourage them from investing. But if we teach them that you're going to see recessions every three to six years. You're going to see investment declines every year. And despite that, the stock market on average will grow between 9 and 11% per year over a 20 and 30 year time frame. 
you know, there's no discouragement. It's more of an opportunity. It's like, what can we go find when things are less expensive, which is what's happening right now. So I, I like to use this time as more of a teaching moment rather than, oops, it didn't work. You know, and I, and the analogies I like to use with kids or or even adults is really something like a tree. You know, I like talking about planting trees, and I say, if you got discouraged every winter when the leaves and the fruit was not there on the tree, and you just wanted to uproot the tree and say, well, we're going to wait until it's sunny again to try to replant it, and if you did that, you'd be uprooting your tree every winter. But you you have to you have to invest with confidence in the future, knowing that after the winter will come the springtime. So what is your current view of the market right now? Uh, are we headed towards a recession? Is this a major bear market? Or kind of what is your assessment of the current state of the stock market? Yeah, I mean, last Friday, we touched bear market territory in the S&P 500. We've definitely passed bear market territory in the NASDAQ. I think it's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, we have high inflation. We have steadily increasing interest rates. We still have some COVID lockdowns in parts of the world. We've got supply chain issues, energy and, and gas and oil are very expensive right now. I think there are a lot of headwinds. At the same time, these, these headline challenges, I guess these news challenges that we see every single quarter, every month, every year, there are different challenges to deal with. And as investors, it's tempting to get caught up in what I see on the news versus my financial goals and, and what's going to happen long term in the markets. So the disconnect that's hard to accept sometimes is what's happening in the markets today does not actually reflect what's happening in the world today. Stock market is very forward looking. It's, it's not a lagging indicator of what happened a couple years ago or, or what we're working through. And for an example, you can look back to COVID 2020 in the very beginning. In March, the stock market dropped 35 to 40 percent in, in one month, and then made a very sharp recovery within a few months. And yet, COVID was not solved. The pandemic was not over. Lockdowns were still in place and getting worse. Layoffs were still happening. Yet the stock market had already recovered above what it was before COVID. So there's a there's a real disconnect between the stock market and behavior and the actual current economic news of the day. And I think that's the challenge that people sometimes struggle with is what's happening today. So I, I certainly don't claim to be able to predict what's going to happen tomorrow. But I know that our clients are focused more on what can they take advantage of and the opportunities today in the market, what's overpriced, what's maybe underpriced, and how does this all relate back to my long-term financial goals? Because ultimately, successful investing is goal-based and planning-driven. And unsuccessful investing is when you're reacting to the news and reacting to the markets and making knee-jerk emotional reactions. So we, we keep our clients out of that out of that latter mistake category. So what if the market's been falling for two months or so, what is that telling you that the economy is going to be much worse six months to a year and for now? What, what message is the market telling us with its recent action? Yeah, it's a good question. It, it, I don't know that it's telling us what's uh, what's ahead as much as the expectations for profits have certainly declined. Uh, the expectations for a lot of economic activity, even in the real estate market, has probably declined. Um, there are a lot of investors and investment funds that 
when they see just the slightest the slightest wind or storm ahead they they take profits because they want to lock in those returns so short-term trading is especially institutional trading is very different from personal investing so a, a couple that's planning for retirement or investing for the long run it does not have the same goals as an institution a hedge fund a mutual fund which has to has to get the highest maximum quarterly returns and they're competing against peers it's it's not the same for an individual that's got their own personal goals so my my counsel really is to to not judge or make rash knee-jerk decisions based on what's happening in the moment without really stepping back and looking at your overall long-term strategy i think this is a good time to reassess what your financial goals are where you're invested does it even match up with what your goals are a lot of people say they're conservative in their in their investments or they're aggressive but you look at their actual holdings and there's a complete mismatch so uh, there's going to be headwinds there could be a recession most definitely there are a lot of indicators that say that that's around the corner i would just caution to say avoid the four words of this time is different you know, this time is not different markets recover uh, the economy recovers it could be a short-term bear market it could be a long-term bear market we won't know what's the difference for kids between saving and investing i mean saving pretty much earn nothing on your right. money market there's, there's not a lot of incentive no people put money aside in so-called savings today it looks like it's going to stay that way for quite a while yeah yeah and that's interesting uh interesting question i like to talk to some people will come to me and say hey i've got this certain amount of money and i'm going to need it in a year or two what could i invest in that would make money and my caution to them is that's too short term to really invest with much with much confidence i typically like to tell families that and and teach kids as well if you've got a specific expense that's only a few years away then you should earmark that money in something that is safe and unfortunately you're going to sacrifice some of that yield and that return but in return for the liquidity and accessibility so if you need money within a few years I don't suggest you invest it in the markets. That's it's too much of a risk. It's not enough time. It's not even a full market cycle. If you're looking at using the money five years, seven years minimum in the future, that's enough time where you can become a strategic investor. And so teaching kids and teens that there's a difference between saving in the bank and investing. So if someone is going to buy a car and they're 14 years old or 13 years old, that's to me, that's too short term to be putting that money at risk. You could put it in a cryptocurrency or in the stock market and hope for the best, but there's a chance that that money is, is not what you need it to be at that important moment where you need the money available. If you're, if you're 13 years old and you're investing for college, college funds, well, you have a little bit of more time. So I would just say it's really based on the time frame for when you need the money that will determine should I invest or should I save. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Chad Willardson. He runs Pacific Capital, which is a money management firm uh, based in California. Uh, he has come out with a new book called Smart Not Spoiled, The Seven Money Skills Kids Must Master Before Leaving the Nest. You can find out more about him and his website and the book 
at pacificcapital.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chad Willardson. He runs Pacific Capital, which is a money management firm based in California. He's come out with a new book called Smart, Not Spoiled, The Seven Money Management Skills, Kids Must Master Before Leaving the Nest. He's also come out with a new uh, app called Gravy Stack at gravystack.com. And you can find out more about him and everything he's doing at his website, pacificcapital.com. Welcome back to the show, Chad. Thanks. Good to be back. One of the things you founded was called the Financial Life Inspection. What is that? Financial Life Inspection is something I created and trademarked uh, for our clients at Pacific Capital. It's a process that gives complete clarity. It's like a financial life audit, if you will. It it was born out of uh, my experience investing in real estate beginning in 2009 to 2012. My wife and I, during the recession back then, we we bought about 30 real estate properties, including our own home, which was a short sale. And I was working with a company called 1000 Point Inspections and I really liked their process. I liked how thorough it was. I liked that they were looking in every aspect of the home, looking for the cracks, looking for the defects and giving us this nice report of what we needed to focus on while investing in these properties. And I just thought there's nothing that's that clear in my industry. And so I went to work and it took us a few years, but we created what we call the financial life inspection with 100 checkpoints that we score of a, with a green, a yellow, or a red, depending on the outcome of the, of the inspection. 
And so that's something that it eventually got featured in the Wall Street Journal. Pretty cool. And it's something that we take all of our clients through. It's a process for Pacific Capital clients to really get clarity on where they stand. Because as you know, you, you really can't get to where you're trying to go if you don't know where you're starting, where you are today. And so that's that's the initial process of going through each aspect of their lives with cash flow, taxes, estate planning, investment strategy, insurance protections, even things like social security, business planning, business structure and entities. So we do a deep dive in all those areas and create a goal-based action plan for each family that becomes a client. Very good. We're going to get back to the book now. We talked about investing. The second area is to borrow wisely. What do you want to teach kids and, and what happens if they don't borrow wisely? All these people getting into credit card debt and student loan debt. What do you want to teach people about how to borrow wisely? Yeah, I'd like to just make first make kids and teens aware of what borrowing really is. I mean, it's incredible how small of an education they get about borrowing and lending and things like that. And the moment they turn 18, they're eligible for credit cards. And like you said, they get into a lot of debt. I remember my my daughter turned 16 and she got some, I actually think she got some kind of an auto text from a credit card company or a lender that said, hey, you're eligible to receive $5,000 this week. Just fill out this information. And she thought she'd won the lottery. You know, it was like, what is this? Uh, look, look at this. I got, someone said they're going to give me $5,000. <laughs> so we had to talk about somewhat of like predatory lending and companies that are trying to give you money. There's always going to be strings attached. And so I want, I want kids and teens to really understand what it really means to take out a loan, what it means to pay back a loan. What are the different types of loans and ways to borrow? What are things that are good to borrow for and maybe not as good to borrow money for? You know, are you borrowing money to just pay the bills or, or to live a higher life than you can afford? Or are you borrowing money for college? Are you borrowing money to buy a home? You know, business loans. So we, we, we talk a lot about different different aspects of lending and borrowing in, in that chapter. The next chapter is knowing your cash flow. So how can kids learn about uh, their cash flow? So kids can really get, this is something that they can really get into is really understanding where money comes from. Um, some families, most families probably don't have a budget. They don't use a budget, but I love to talk to young people about how important it is to know how much money's coming in and how much money's going out. It's pretty simple. You couldn't run a business without knowing cash flow, incoming and outgoing. And I don't think you can successfully run a household family budget if you don't know what's coming in and what's going out. One game that we've always played in my family, it's a board game, it's called Cash Flow for Kids, originally done by Robert Kiyosaki from Rich Dad Poor Dad. That book is simple enough. The kids learn about personal income statements, personal balance sheets. They have lots of fun. It's just a good way to initiate discussion about cash flow, uh, describing how does it feel when you receive money. Although you know, their eyes will light up, they'll talk about what it feels like when they get money. Then we'll talk about spending money. How do you decide on what to spend money on? You know, when do you make new purchases? How do you decide how much you can afford? So there, there are a lot of different aspects that even the youngest of kids can understand. If you're walking around the grocery store and you say, look, today I'm spending $200 on groceries, but because I earned more than that this week, 
we can afford to pay for groceries and we can afford to pay the light bill and we can afford to pay the gas bill. Teaching them that there's expenses and there's income and helping them see where that all comes from, I think is very healthy for young kids. Your next chapter is on taxes, talking taxes. What do kids need to know about taxes? They're not gonna be paying taxes for a while. Yeah, well, I mean, when kids go to, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but if your kids say, hey, I need $10, I wanted to buy something at the at the 7-Eleven or the gift shop and it's $9.99 and they go up with their $10 bill and it's not $10. I think that's the first wake up call that there's such thing as, as taxes. Um, taxes is the number one expense in the family budget. It's not your rent, it's not your mortgage, it's your income taxes, your sales tax, uh, all kinds of taxes that kids will be eventually need to be made aware of. I think it's a challenging topic to tackle for teenagers, but once they get their first paycheck and they realize they didn't quite get what they thought they were earning, they're they're ready to talk about it real real quick. Um, I think just making making kids aware of what taxes are, what they pay for. Uh, an exciting thing would be to actually graduate high school and have at least looked at a tax return just the first two pages once in their life. I think that's important. Um, teaching kids what tax refunds are. I think there's a lot of misinformation in the marketing out there of tax refunds, meaning tax, you know, they market the tax refund, a tax refund means that your tax person was good rather than the truth, which is you just overpaid the government last year. And that's what your tax refund represents. So we talk a little bit about that in the, you know, in this chapter. One of the ways I teach my young kids about taxes is I always take the first bite out of their meal or their dessert at a restaurant. Then I just tell them that, you know, they're paying their taxes. And so uh, we, we, in fact, we're having my youngest son who's six, he had a big chocolate cake and ice cream, a slice of cake for his dessert. And I took a big bite of it. And all, all the kids know that they've got to pay their taxes at the restaurant to dad. And he kind of got pouty faced, almost almost crying. And he said, I'm sick of taxes. And the table next to us just burst out laughing because this little six year old kid was sick of taxes. And I felt like I had kind of done my job. You know, I taught him a little lesson about the real world. So next chapter is on learning to earn. So how can you get kids to start to earn their money instead of just be given to them? Uh, Learn earlier. to earn really is the genesis of our new company called Gravy Stack. We really want to teach kids to be kids who take initiative, teenagers who are creating things. We have some teenagers that we've worked with in the business fairs in the company called My First Sale, which was the pre-company to Gravy Stack. Some of these kids are 10 or 11 years old and they're making $1,000 a month on their own. Um, I've got a client who's two sons are nine and 11. They're actually mining for cryptocurrency. They set up a mining business and they're earning $4,000 a month on their own and they're nine and 11 years old. I think if kids understood how many types of opportunities are out there that they would be more independent at an earlier age. So teaching kids to initiate opportunities. My son is 12 years old. He has a dog walking business. He loves animals. He went around the neighborhood, he made his flyers, and he said, if you're busy and your dog needs to be walked, please text my mom, I'll take your dog on a 30 minute walk, I'll feed him. 
and uh, he's he's earning money doing something he likes. My oldest daughter is 17. She's a good basketball player. She has basketball training sessions on the weekends. And she could earn, if she has four or five kids in the session, she could earn $100 an hour um, doing something she enjoys. So I think it's really important to teach kids that they can do things that they like and earn money at the same time. You also said that kids should be bidding on household chores. How does that work? Yeah, well, I, I think something that we've learned is our kids, when they think of an idea to earn money and they accomplish something and then they get paid, there's a, a great valuable lesson in that experience. And so my kids have done things where they can initiate an idea and negotiate a price. And so this happened one instance with my home library. I've got got a lot of books. I love to read. And my book, my bookshelf is extremely messy. The books were everywhere. There were piles of books on my desk. And my daughter, a few years ago, she just said, hey, I, I think you need to really organize this and I'd love to do it. Put it, put the books in categories, put the books alphabetized, make it nice. And I said, how much do you think that job is worth? And she's like, well, it'll probably take me a few hours. So I think I should get paid $40. And I said, all right, that, you've got a deal. Let's see how it goes. And it took her longer than that, but the finished product was great. I was happy to pay her and she felt like she'd really accomplished something. And she initiated the idea. I think that's the point is getting kids off the couch, putting the video games down and initiating some work and getting paid for it. There's a great sense of confidence that's built in that process. It sounds like an important is something that the kids enjoy themselves kind of coming on their own interests. Exactly. Something they're interested in, something they like, and something that they're not being told to do, but they're doing on their own. Is this unusual? You think a lot of parents don't teach kids how to earn like that? I think it's very unusual. Just by the reaction I got to my book, Smart Not Spoiled, I, I, I'm confident that it's not common. But the more that have read the book, a lot of the Amazon reviews I've seen or the emails we've gotten back, they're very excited as they actually begin trying unique and different ways to help their kids earn money. Your next chapter is protect who and what you care about. So I assume this is about insurance. Yeah, so this, this, this chapter, we talk a little bit about insurance, all types though. We talk about health insurance, homeowners, renters insurance, life insurance, car insurance. I, I just think it's important really to teach kids uh, how to prepare, how to be prepared for disasters. You know, I had a friend recently pass away my age in his early 40s very unexpectedly and left uh, a wife and many children with with not much other than bills no insurance or anything and it's it's heartbreaking to see that and it, with a little bit of preparation ahead of time they would have had some financial resources to help take care of the family so I believe it's it's really important to teach, especially teenagers and, and young people, about the importance of just protecting your family, protecting what you have, and being prepared. Whether it's car insurance, home insurance, renter's insurance, life insurance, whatever it might be, it's something that we should all know about. Indeed. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Chad Willardson. He's with Pacific Capital in California. His new book is called Smart Not Spoiled, The Seven Money Skills Kids Must Master Before Leaving the Nest. You can find out more at his website, pacificcapital.com. We'll be back after this.
From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth in Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth in Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Chad Willardson. He is the founder of Pacific Capital, a money management firm based in California. His new book is called Smart, Not Spoiled. The seven money skills kids must master before leaving the nest. You can find out more at his website, pacificcapital.com. And he's also coming out with an app called Gravy Stack to help kids learn about money. Welcome back to the show, Chad. Thanks. Great to be back. We were talking about the insurance chapter a little bit. Let's just briefly go through what you want to teach kids about life insurance without scaring them that you're, you're not going to be around there for them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think the overall premise is really teaching them to be prepared. You know, when, when disaster strikes, the time to prepare has long passed. And so we talk about health insurance, car insurance, home insurance, and life insurance as ways, to, and even disability insurance, as ways to protect your family and protect your assets. Um, it's really important. I mean, that they will see some type of situation in their family where they will be grateful that they were prepared and so when we're teaching kids and teenagers about financial literacy we don't want to simply gloss over this section it's it's important there are going to be disasters like i said there's going to be there might be an accident a car accident it might it might be that a house has a flood or a fire or things like that or someone in the family passes away and so preparing them and helping them be educated consumers of insurance and helping them to be prepared is extremely important because you can't, I've seen it happen so many times where a family loses someone, you know, a parent who was earning money and, and taking care of the family. And the difference during the grieving process between the families who were prepared and have resources versus those who were financially unprepared is incredible. It's a big difference. And so I, I just liked to make this at least one of the top seven categories to teach kids because they're going to face it eventually and they can save themselves a lot of heartache and a lot of financial stress if they take a little time and effort to prepare up front before the emergency happens. Well, particularly as it relates to car insurance and how much more it costs to uh, insure teenagers and younger adults compared to more experienced drivers. Tell them about that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's expensive. It's really expensive. I've got a teenage driver right now myself. 
Um, the agreement that we have is that we will support and pay the, the car insurance until there's a ticket or an accident. And they're going to pay, she's going to pay the difference or the full amount once there's some kind of an incident. So I know she, she definitely respects the road and drives a little more carefully knowing that she doesn't want to pay those costs if something happens. Um, I think we definitely talk about how this, the better driver you are and the longer record you have of safety and, and no tickets, the lower the cost will be. We also compare that to the borrowing chapter and we say if you're someone who doesn't over borrow and overspend and you pay your debts and obligations back on a timely basis, you're going to get more favorable interest rates when you go to borrow money in the future. So we're, we're trying to tie behavior to cost and behavior to experience to help kids and teenagers understand that their decisions do have a long-term impact. And your last chapter is about giving generously. So how is it that kids tend to be very kind of self-aware and they're you know into their own stuff and what they want to buy? How could you teach them to, to be giving at a young age? I, you have to actually encourage them and help them to have experiences of giving themselves. It's not just donating money or writing a check or or you know doing something that's just financial. I we my wife and I feel that you've actually got to be physically involved and giving face to face. Um, so so we do many different activities as a family to get our kids into the giving spirit, not just around Christmas time, but we even when we go on vacations, we incorporate some time to do some charity work in the local place that we're visiting. Um, in the book, I show a couple pictures and have a couple chat um, stories about. You know, one of the times we were in Puerto Rico, got the kids up at six o'clock in the morning, went to join a beach cleanup group that was picking up trash along the beaches. We were looking for plastics and things like that to just really clean up the beach. Were they exhausted? Absolutely. Were they kind of complaining and grumbling, waking up at 6 a.m. on vacation to work? Yes, they were. But at the end, they really appreciated it and they talked about what they learned and we you know, we had a great experience as a family. And I think if you keep giving and unselfishness at the core of everything you teach kids and young people, it's going to stick with them, but they need to have actual experiences. And so one of the, one of the levels in the Gravy Stack app actually has missions around charity work and giving. You can actually deduct a percentage of the money that you earn and send it directly to charities. So I think we have over 10,000 501c3 charity options. So they can act, kids can actually look in there and see what they're interested in and what they care about and a cause that they can get behind and actually send some of their future earnings to those charities. So I really think this is an important chapter when we're talking about teaching kids to be smart and not spoiled. We have to have something in there that teaches them to give. What are the rewards of giving psychically? It, it changes your mindset. Uh, the clients I have, have have an abundance mindset. They're not holding and hoarding money and possessions with a scarcity mindset. That if, if I let go of this, I'm going to lose it and therefore I'll never have it. It's more of an abundant mindset of generosity and giving. It's like if I give, it's going to come back to me. And even if it doesn't, I'm a better person. I feel better because I'm doing good. So money is really just a means to an end. And if, if you're a good person and the more money you have, the more successful you are, the more good you can do. So I've seen it in my own life and I've seen it in the clients' lives that we work with. 
So why don't you kind of summarize what difference it would make in families' lives to follow the seven money skills we just talked about uh, and teaching their kids about money, assuming that their school is not really going to do it for them. Right. Well, this is a Tucker Max, four-time New York Times bestselling author, co-founder of Scribe. This is his quote on the back of my book. He said, the number one life skill that's not taught in schools is how to confidently and effectively handle money. I had to learn this the hard way. And when my kids got to the age where I had to start teaching them money skills, I was honestly kind of lost. That's when I found Chad in this book. If you want to save your kids the pain and heartache of learning about how to handle money, then this is the book for you. So I, I believe that we can help kids prepare to be thoughtfully, you know, prepared for their future. They can be financially ready. They can be financially successful, but they have to experience it. Kids learn by doing. So giving them something and just talking at them is not enough. I, I really believe they learn by doing. They learn through the experiences. They've got to learn that they, they can't just sit around with their hand out and wait for money to show up. They have to take initiative. So the goal of the book Smart Not Spoiled and our new app called Gravy Stack is really to help kids across the country learn by doing, get some experience, get some financial literacy and become much more thoughtfully prepared and successful young adults so that they know and they can confidently approach money decisions as they leave the nest. Very good, we've learned a lot. My guest this hour has been Chad Willardson. He is the president of Pacific Capital, uh, which is a money management firm based in California. His new book is called Smart Not Spoiled, The Seven Money Skills Kids Must Master Before Leaving the Nest. Uh, he also has a new uh, app coming out called Gravy Stack, which helps you uh, teach your kids about personal finance. You can find out all about this at his website, Capital. Uh, it's PacificCapital.com. Thanks so much. We've learned a lot on how to teach your kids about money, Chad. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again. We'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and the Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week. Business news and discussions are always changing. In order to stay ahead of the game, sometimes you need...